Well, tonight is a healing meeting. Praise God. If you come tonight and you have physical needs in your body, sickness and disease or pain, infirmity, broken stuff, missing things, uh, whatever it may be, the Lord is our healer. And He's present today in the house. And so so we're going to get you all fixed up. Praise God. And everyone, every single person can leave here tonight well restored, uh, delivered, (laughs) free from pain and suffering, free from disease. Doesn't matter if it's a small thing, small uh, inconvenient thing, or if it's a life-threatening terminal type of situation. And uh, if you've been given a bad report, I'm not here to magnify that tonight. I'm here to ignore it and give you a good report. All right? Those negative, bad reports, they're temporary. They're based on physical things, and physical things are changeable. They're always subject to God's Word. But what we're talking about in our good report is eternal things, spiritual things. And how many know spiritual things alter the physical world? And we put our confidence and trust in what the Lord has done. Then things in this fleshly world, they, well, they just start to mold and change and reshape. And, and uh, anything you see, anything I see, it can be altered. All right? Someone said, well, my condition's permanent. Permanent shmermanent. Uh No, it's not. Absolutely not. The Word of God is sure. It is our firm foundation. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And so we bank our lives on the very living words of the Lord Jesus Himself. And they carry us and sustain us and heal our bodies and make us free. The Bible says that in the ministry of Jesus during those days, people came to hear and to be healed by Him. And so if we come with a listening ear, then things will be changed on the inside. And then when when there's an alteration inside, then there is an immediate response on the outside. Things immediately begin to change when faith in the heart demands that it be so. Praise God. And so we're here for results. We're here to connect with the living God who is our healer. He is nothing short of, of good all the time. Altogether wonderful. He, he, he does all things well. And He's here tonight to fix, to restore, to help us to lay hold of what the Lord has laid hold of us for. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm having fun. I haven't even started yet. Glory to God. He's in the house tonight. Yay! Well, um, let's uh, let's lay the foundation here. Just let, let me say it real clear. I like to mention this all the time when we talk about this subject. It is the will of God for all to be healed today, not tomorrow, not a month from now, not three years from now. Today, and this is confirmed to all of us. We can be certain. Because of the fact that Jesus already suffered, already was punished, not only for our sickness, but also for our disease. He was, he was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and by His stripes we are healed. That's from Isaiah 53. And so Jesus already took this. He was already punished on our behalf so that we could be made well. So there's nothing else the Lord has to do. There's no more prerequisites. It's already a spiritual, established 
fact. We have joined together to proclaim it, to make it known, to dispel darkness, to dispel doubt and confusion regarding the Lord's plan, and to simply let the light of His love and power flow and surge through our bodies from head to toe and make us strong and well. Amen. And so, uh, I want to talk to you tonight about the wrong way to get healed. The wrong way to get healed. Now, that might seem like an odd statement uh, to make. The wrong way. Because someone might say, well, isn't the goal, I mean, isn't the, the main purpose here just to be well? I mean, isn't that kind of the primary objective that we, that we live life uh, free of, of, of sickness and disease? Uh, yes, it is. It is, it is the goal, and ultimately, in our compassion for people, in one sense, I don't care how someone gets it, as long as they're well, as long as they're strong, as long as they're able to live long and be effective and, you know, have a good life, then, then I'm for that, and I'm, and I'm for someone getting it in one sense almost any way that they can. Okay, I mean, there's a few exclusions. I know, I know of stories in, in some different parts of the world where, where people go to witch doctors for their healing. Sometimes even Christians because, you know, the church has been duped to believe that, that the power of God is some distant past thing and it doesn't flow today. And so people will go to witch doctors. Now, I can't recommend that way. <laughs> no going to the witch doctor. I don't know of any real close. But anyway, if you know one... Get them saved. <laughs> okay, so I mean, excluding some some things like that, uh, you know, for the most part, I just want people to be well. Uh, but the problem is some wrong methods, if you will, or some alternate methods, um, they have some inherent problems. Number one, some of these methods take 38 years or longer. How many think that's a bummer? Sometimes if people don't approach things the right way, it could take 38 years or longer to be healed. That's just too long. You know what I'm talking about? That'll make more sense to you later. Uh, sometimes there's some, some other ways, some wrong ways. The problem with them is they have many side effects. Have anyone ever recovered from a disease or a sickened condition, but in that recovery you lost one pain and gained another? <laughs> You gained mobility in one area of your life, but lost it in another area. Well, that's a bad deal, isn't it? How many know that's not God's plan? Well, I'm free. Well, kind of. Over here, but not over here. Uh, another another uh, downside uh, to some of these other methods is that it can cost you a fortune. <laughs> How many know some people do get well, they do recover, but they're broke as a result of it? Well, that's not God's plan either. He doesn't want us to be sick or broke. Uh, another, another reason why some of these methods are, are undesirable is because they leave you vulnerable to the next problem. In other words, there are ways to get things where not only do you receive your healing, not only are you made well, but you're also strengthened and given a confidence going forward that the next thing that may come your way is not going to be a problem. Everybody with me today? Yeah, for example, I remember one time I was in a meeting, there was a young lady, uh, 
in, in, in this meeting and, and a word of knowledge came forth about, uh, about a woman who was having uh, real severe problems with her menstrual cycle. You know, severe lay up in bed kind of pain. Okay? And uh, anyway, this one particular woman came forward. Young lady came forward and she was uh, ministered to and she was healed. And she testified uh, directly of the fact that over the next six months, she was completely healed of all uh, cramping and whatever was going on. Uh, don't know the details beyond that, but all the severe symptoms of that cycle uh, deal every month. Then after six months, it came back. So, I mean, healed completely. All the problems gone. So after six months, bam, it comes back. And so what this person did, because they, they knew, because they came to hear and be healed, they came to get a word and not just a physical uh, manifestation, but a, they, they a came to get an altered heart, is when that came back, I mean, like a storm, is they stood their ground and they said, absolutely not. I am not going to have this. I am healed by Jesus' stripes. And they took their stand. You know what happened after that? It left for the forever, for, you know, many years uh, forward, as far as I know, many years forward, it was completely gone. You see, there's a benefit to getting healed certain ways, and, uh, and, and God's way, His best way, is not that it just be put on us, but that it be put also in us. And we get, yes, the physical alteration and change and relief, but we get a, an altered heart, an altered confidence, a faith that is, that, is, uh, that is built and strengthened so that going forward, anything that comes our way is not a problem anymore. All right. Now, uh, like in many areas of life, there is man's way to solve a problem. There's God's way. Uh, we obviously know God's way, you know, in theory and in principle here. We're going to go, hey, yeah, God's way. I'll take God's way every time. But I, w- I want you to go to John chapter 5. With me, if you brought a Bible, John chapter 5. And let's take a look over here at some, uh, an illustration. And, and this example is actually a success story. I want to give you a positive story. However, uh, it's not one that we want to make the norm for our lives. As we read, you'll see, what, you'll see where I'm going with this. The guy gets healed... He gets set free, but not the way I want to get set free. The not the way that I want to live, not the way that you want it. All right? Some things happen, and God is so ultimately merciful and kind. But even He, even though it's of Him, He would rather it have taken place different and sooner and uh, and in, in, like I said, in a way that is internal and external. Okay? Let's begin reading over here, John chapter 5 and verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. Now, now I want you to think about this for a moment. And, and, and first of all, I, I want to give you three primary 
uh, points here that I want to take why we don't want this story in our lives. All right. And, and why we should approach things a different way. But first, you can see if we can try to somehow use our imagination, to get a picture of what this place looks like. OK, pool, uh, porches, you know, little alcoves and doorways. And I don't know exactly what that looked like, but uh, there uses the word multitude there. There is a whole bunch of sick people, lame people, blind people, uh, uh, paralyzed people, uh, sick people. I mean, it's not a pretty picture. One thing, one reason why this is not an ideal situation and why this can actually be a hindrance to us receiving what God has for us is because it's possible to be surrounded by sickness, disease. And how many know most of the time when someone is... uh, perpetually in a sickened state in their body or they go from problem to problem to problem they not only have a physical condition they also have a heart condition i'm talking about the spirit and soul i'm talking about an internal condition i'm talking about they likely think sick they speak sick their expectation is sick it it surrounds them they live in it night and day and the person next to them, they got that problem. And the person on the other side, they got that problem. And they're in a place where there's a multitude. I mean, everywhere they look, everywhere they look is sick people. Okay? And not just sick people in body, but again, the reason many times people remain in a condition for so long is that it's gotten inside of them. And so what do they talk about? Their problems, their pain, what they can't do. And how many know the atmosphere can be really, really negative? (laughs) It can be really, really depressing. It can be really, really sustaining of problems. It can reinforce the condition day in and day out. And day in and day out. And how does someone get released from a situation like that? I tell you, not easily. Not easily. If you find yourself in a situation where you're surrounded by, by people, by individuals who are constantly just talking the problem, to constantly magnifying the disease, where you know, you're catching some light, you're catching some revelation, but then you go home and they're all blah, 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 you know, sickness in the mouth, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and everyone's down on it, and they're always talking, talking the problem. Well, that could be a great hindrance. That could perpetuate that condition in your life. What, what needs to happen with these people? Well, they need to get out of there. They need to get out of there. They need to get in a good meeting. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? They need to get around someone who has the victory. Someone who knows the answer. Someone who's got the life and presence of God in their life. And that can break that habit. That can break that pattern, that perpetual state that they live in. But if they don't ever get out of their, their, their surroundings of all this negativism, it's going to affect them internally and the outward body is going to respond to what's happening in the heart. And so, again, sickness is not just a physical problem. It's a condition of the heart and mind. And, uh, and when it comes to healing, a person needs to have an internal change. We need to get in an atmosphere of faith. Not an atmosphere of fear, uh, an atmosphere of healing. Not an atmosphere where everyone's trying to get you to accept the way things are. Well, you just need to learn to live with it. 
You just need to learn to accept. You'll be happier as soon as you accept this this limitation in your life. Well, uh, maybe. (laughs) I mean, maybe someone will be a little more happy or at peace with their condition. But if you want to get free, you don't go there. You don't allow yourself to get comfortable with the condition. You say, absolutely not. This is temporary and it must change. All right. And so we see here that uh, these people, they were surrounded by uh, this great multitude of sick and blind and lame and paralyzed people. Notice what it says there again. We read it, waiting for the moving of the water. Verse 4, for an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. All right. So in other words, one person out of a multitude. How many can see why this is not a good plan here? One person out of a multitude at certain times. I don't know if that's once every spring (laughs) or when, but at a certain time, one person would be the first one in and they'd get healed. Verse 5. Now, a certain man uh, was there who had an infirmity 38 years. 38 years. Now, let's just stop right there for a moment. Let's get to number, point number two. Okay. Not only is this a bad way or a wrong way because they're surrounded by sickness, both internal and external. But secondly, is the waiting factor. They have to wait. What's going on? What are all these people doing? Why are they there? They're waiting. They're waiting. Waiting. How long are they waiting? Well, this guy's been waiting for 38 years. Maybe there's some 50s in there. Maybe there's some 2s. Maybe someone's been there for 70. I don't know. I just know we have one example here. But all these people, they're all gathered around this pool waiting. Now, a lot of people today are waiting on God to heal them. Or at least they think they are. They think they're waiting on God. The truth is, is that God is waiting on them to rise up and act like what He did through Jesus is a reality. If you have been one and you've adopted that mentality, well, I'm waiting on God. It's in His time. Let me me discourage you for a moment. It could be a long time, you know, and let me add something to that. It might not ever happen. How many of these people got healed? Well, you read, we'll read the rest here, but this day one. And occasionally at a certain time, one. Over the years... I'm thinking maybe a handful. (laughs) And there's a multitude of people. Is that thousands? It's a multitude. That's a lot. It doesn't give us an exact number. What are the odds if you're waiting? Waiting for something to come to you. Waiting for maybe your opportunity someday that it will take place. What are the odds you're going to get healed? Very, very low. This is going to be a long life. 
of pain <laughs> and suffering and disappointment. But you'll have lots of company. Because unfortunately, this is the condition of many churches today. There are multitudes of people waiting on God to heal them. And every once in a while, somebody gets it. Every once in a while, someone gets healed. And this is, unfortunately, the approach that many people take. It's an inferior approach. There are no guarantees of success. And many people wait for a long, long time and are disappointed. There's no, there's no testimony of Jesus in that situation. There's no acknowledgement of, a, of, a, of the power of God in their life. It's just about waiting. And if you have found yourself thinking, I'm waiting on God, I'm waiting on the Lord in one of these days, I want to encourage you tonight, knock it off. It's time to change. It's time to change the approach. Say, I could be like this guy, this guy who's there. Yeah, you're right, you could be, but probably not. (laughs) Is anybody encouraged? We won't end this on a negative note. But uh, these people, why were they there again? Well, I tell you, they never made it to a Jesus meeting. They never got to show up to one of Jesus' healing meetings. Obviously, there's times when the whole multitudes would be healed. Every single person. 100% of them healed. That means none of these people ever went to those meetings. Do the math. They were all healed. He healed them all. Here's a multitude of sick people. None of them get healed, or in this case, one. Why didn't they get to the meeting? Well, that is a reason sometimes why people miss out on what God has. They never go to the meeting. What do I mean by that? They never go to a place or to a group of people who know Him. Who have answers. Who have God's life. Huh? So these people have never been to a, a, a Jesus meeting. Um, we also know that they didn't have faith friends. They didn't have the kind of friends who would haul their lame, blind butt out of the porch. Can I say that? Uh, and take them, if necessary, onto the roof of a house and tear it apart and drop him in the presence of Jesus. Remember that story? How many know it's good to have faith friends? They didn't have those friends, did they? Because they're waiting. Some people are going. Some people are waiting. Some people are pursuing. They're going after. They're taking initiative while others are waiting. I don't want to be in the waiting crowd. Say, well, don't you believe in waiting on the Lord? Absolutely, but never for healing. Never for healing. Never did Jesus tell someone, you need to wait. I mean, preachers today will tell you that, but they're not speaking the words of the Lord. They're speaking their experience. They're speaking their doubt and unbelief. Their failed connection with God or the absence of God's presence in their life. The absence of their personal experience. But they're not preaching the word of the Lord. Because Jesus never tells people that. Well, just wait a little bit longer. How long have you been here? 38 years. Well, five more years. No, that's never what he told us. That's never what he taught us. 
Come on now. And so uh, these people hadn't been to one of those me- those meetings. And let's go go on and read. He'd been there 38 years when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time. That's either through observance or could have been a word of knowledge that he had. He said to him, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made well? And he said, well, absolutely. Jesus, if you'll just put your hand right here, just touch me, Lord. Let me reach out and touch your garment. Lord, just speak the word and I'll be made well. That's what he said, right? That's not what he said. How many know the answer to the question, the correct answer to do you want to be made well is yes! Not a difficult question. But how many know there is a degree of faith and conviction even in the heart of a person who will respond positively like that? The person who will just say, absolutely, yes, here I am, I'm ready, bring it. But that's not what this guy said. That's not what he was talking about. And that's why we want to not be like this. We want to do it different like this. Even though there's a slim chance. Slim. That this situation could happen in our lives. It's not worth the risk. It's not worth the wait. I want to model others in Scripture who got it a different way. As opposed to this way which there's no guarantees. Jesus in this situation. I mean how many people did he step over? Excuse me, you blind guy, lame guy, you know, you, you've been here a long time. This is what happened. Say, well, how come Jesus didn't heal them all? It doesn't work like that. If he would have had a Jesus meeting, you know, and preached the word, said the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to heal. He could have done that. He did that many places in this situation, though. He was moved by the spirit. He saw what his father did and he responded and did accordingly. And obviously the father led him, go into the porches, go over there to Bethesda, get that one guy and and get him up and leave. But that wasn't the normal way that things worked. This was a unique way. This was a way that not everybody else could count on happening. Someone said, I'm, I'm believing that, that there's going to be a word of knowledge for my condition. And I'm going to be called out and be... Based on what? Based on what? I'm, you know what I mean by that? What scripture is that you're basing that on that you're going to pray for and expect and believe that to happen to you? Why would we put that condition on it? Instead, let's model those who took the initiative themselves and said, I'm not going to say it has to happen this way or that way or God has to come walking in here and, uh, and pick me out of the crowd. I'm just going to get it because Jesus suffered and died for me. Because He took stripes upon His back that I could, so I could be made well. That's enough. Amen. That's enough for me. And I'll take mine, thank you very much. And so the third thing, then, the third reason why this is not good is this guy's response. I'm going to call it excuses. Excuses. 
So Jesus said, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him and said, sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. You know, a simple yes would do. But what did he immediately go to do? He started explaining why it wouldn't work for him. Explaining why he was in the condition and why there, how there was, there was nothing he could do about it. This is my problem and there's nothing I can do. I'm a victim. I, I, I can't get up. No one helps me. No one's there for me. I tell you what, that's a dangerous mentality to have. When people ha- have a problem and they immediately focus on what other people don't do for them. Well, but no one will bring me to church. <laughs> well, no one will help me. No one will give me money. No one will do this for me. I don't have this and I don't have this. Excuses keep a person in the same condition for at least 38 years. Huh? And then, maybe. I don't like to operate in the realm of maybe. I like to operate in the realm of for sure. Absolutely. Got God's word on it and nothing will keep it from me. I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred, but while I'm coming, another, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well. He took up his bed and walked. Now look what happened there. Jesus spoke to him. The man was made well. He didn't receive his healing. He was made well, and then he got up. You know, there's different situations in Scripture where we read some of this same language um, like in Luke chapter 5 and Acts chapter 3, but about individuals who were told to get up, and the Scripture says that they got up and were immediately made well. It's like, you know, there's the guy Jesus told, stretch out your hand. He had a withered hand. His hand was withered. And the Lord said, stretch it out. Well, that's not possible physically, naturally. But what did he do? He stretched it out and the power of God hit him. See, this situation was different. He was made well sitting there on the ground. Got all his strength, got all his ability, then he popped up. But usually, see, the method that is more godly and it doesn't take 38 years and there's no maybe to it is when the word comes, is when the prayer goes out, is when hands are laid on, is when the ministry takes place and the person acts first. That's the way it happens most of the time. In other words, the person stretches out. It's Peter and John at the gate beautiful in Acts chapter 3. And they said, the guy looked at him to receive something. The crippled man there. And they said, silver and gold have I none, but such I have in the name of... I give I thee in the name of the Lord Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And they grabbed him and lifted him up. And then his feet and ankle bones received strength. See, there was an action that took place before the power hit. This situation, the power came first and they responded. How easy is that? Say, I want that. I want. I like that method. I do too, but I'm not willing to wait 38 years. I'm not willing to risk it. I'm not willing to risk my life waiting on something like that. I'm just going to go ahead and get up because God said by His stripes I'm healed. I'm going to go ahead and get up and act like it's so because he said. And our action brings God's action. When I take my step, when I get up, when I stretch it out, when I move it, when I act like he, like God is real. 
like His power is present, then immediately there's a response and it hits me and bam. What's the end result? Same. Healing. But I tell you, there's also an inward confidence that is permanently there. There's also an inward knowing is, man, I don't need to wait for some special thing to happen. For some unique and special event to happen. No, the living God, He lives inside of me. I know Him and I've taken Him at His word and I act on it. I can do that anywhere at any time. Hallelujah. And so again, we see these things playing out differently in different situations. Um, uh, but you can wait and have a good reason for not rising up and being healed. He had a good reason. Well, no one will put me in. It's not like it wasn't true. No one will put me in. You, you know, and we can wait and say, I have a good reason. This is why I, I, I'm not healed because. And we can list our reasons and we can have our excuses And they may be justified from a fleshly perspective, from a natural response. Or we can follow the example of others who got it because they heard it and they said, this is mine. We can follow the example of people who pushed through the crowd to get to the Lord. The example of, like I said earlier, the, 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 the faith friends who ripped apart the roof and dropped their paralyzed friend before Jesus. We can follow examples of the one who said to G- the Lord, speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Or the woman who had the, the demon-possessed daughter and, and she kept being pushed away. She kept being really criticized and she would call the dog. And, and each time it was said, she would speak up and say, yes, but... And she kept giving a, an ex, a reason why she could be healed. Why her daughter could be set free. I want to look for reasons why I can, not for reasons why I can't. Huh? Someone said, well, but you can't, you're conditioned, but this, but this is missing, but you have a steel plate in your body. Well, the Lord made the steel and you. It can easily be removed without a knife. Amen. I'm just saying, what what are the thoughts? What are the reasons? Why can't it work? I'm ready to throw those all out and stop acting like this guy. I'm ready to start acting like the other people whom the Lord commended and said, that's the way it goes. That's the way it works. Oh, I haven't seen such great faith in all Israel. Oh, woman, your faith has made you well. There's a conviction that can rise up on the inside to a person that says, I'm just going to have it because God said it. I'm just going to have it because He is real. He's alive and He's in my life today. And when I get it, I'm going to act on it. I'm not going to wait for the power to straighten it out. I'm going to walk first. And the power is going to hit me because I'm not going to have it any other way. And so we're already getting ready to move it, to act on it, to look out of it, to hear it, to hear with it, to use it. You know what I'm saying? We're looking, we're already making plans because this is a matter of fact. We're not playing the maybe game. We're not playing the odds. We're not going to hope it's going to happen. We're not waiting on anything. It's just a matter of fact. It's a matter of truth. And I'm going to have it, and I'm going to have it now because the Lord said it's mine, and it's not going to be any other way. And so we're constantly making choices, aren't we? We're making faith choices or we're making flesh choices. The choices we make on what we're going to do, how we're going to act, how we're going to respond to a pain, to a symptom, to a report. We're going to make a flesh choice 
and go along with it and let it strengthen in our lives, or we're going to make a faith choice. Say, I'm going to act, I'm going to do, I'm going to walk, I'm going to move, I'm going to do these things because I'm acting on what the Lord said, not the way I feel or not the way of some, some natural report. Amen. Someone gets, it's ministered healing to them, and, you know, and a person can choose to, you know, gingerly try to walk and use it or, you know, just try to be real careful with it. Well, that's a choice. That's a choice that still gives that thing credit, still gives that thing uh, substance. It gives it a right to be there. Or we can totally dismiss it and say, no, not anymore. That's not who I am. It's done in Jesus' name. And you see it with a bold action, a bold response, an aggressive movement that would act as if God's Word is true. Do we see if it worked? Or do we demand that it does? For those who are new to this language, not talking about demanding that God do something. His Word is forever settled in heaven. Jesus is the resurrected Christ. He has already defeated sickness and disease and every sin and all death. He has conquered it once and for all. All we're doing is cooperating with the Spirit of the living God. And in doing so, bam! There, God is glorified. He's pleased. Things happen right and left. Amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. So, let's get it the right way. You know what the right way is? It's now. It's acting like God is here today instead of waiting for Him to come by some other way. Amen. Father, we're so thankful tonight for You. Thankful for Your Word that's true. Thank You for the gifts of God. Thank You for the anointings of Your Spirit. For we are anointed. We have been appointed to declare and proclaim and to do the works of Christ. Do the works of God. While it's day, we do these things. And thank You for Your Spirit working and moving and manifesting all around us and in our lives tonight. Thank You that there is... There is a tangibility, a, 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 a tangibility of your spirit that works in us here, now, tonight, and at all times, but even now. Lord, we're the believing bunch, so we just act like it's true. <laughs> Lord, we're not going to wait around as if this is on you, as if you've failed to come and, and heal and do something special for us. But Lord, you're merciful and kind, and you're always on time, and here you are today. Here you are in our midst today. So thank you, Lord. We receive, we acknowledge truth, and Lord, we purpose in our hearts today. Thank you, Lord, to walk in all that you've given us, all that you've provided. Oh, bless your name. Bless your name. Strength, strengthened bodies and strengthened bones. Thank you, Lord, for strengthened physical bodies tonight. It's happening now. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for bodies being made well and mended. Oh, being restored. Being restored. <laughs> Hallelujah. I got joy in my heart. <laughs> Hallelujah. Joy is a note of victory. Joy is, victor is victory. 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 Hallelujah. Glory to God. Not a burden. Not, oh. Uh, no. Victory. Already done. 
Thank you, Lord, for your work in our bodies tonight. Thank you, Lord, for eyes that see, physical eyes that see, and spiritual eyes, ears that hear. Thank you, Lord, for for, uh, thyroid deals uh, being set free in the neck there and wherever that stuff is. Thank you, Lord, it's being set free by the power of God. Thank you, Lord. We don't have to wait. Thank you, Lord. You've already done it. You've already done it. We're just participating in your kingdom tonight. <laughs> Active participants in the, in the kingdom of God. Thank you for doing a work in our lives, bodies. Thank you, Lord, for setting us free. It's done. It's done. We give you all the glory, all the honor, all the power. Thank you, Lord Jesus.